Amen, amen, amen. Hello, Mount Victory. Mount, amen. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's not often, I'm not being critical, being truthful. It's not often you get in a church anymore and they sing all of the stanzas of the song. I'm serious. The hymn was written to tell a story. And anything you take out of that, you lose the context of the story. So I love it, brother, when you sing them all. Amen? I really do. I like it. And uh, I need a volunteer. Can you volunteer? Okay. Uh, I want you to know that it pays to come to church on Sunday night. Amen? So if you'll take that and make sure everybody gets one. Okay? Good deal. He's going to be passing around some money. I uh, want everybody to take some so you will know that it pays to come to church on Sunday night. Amen? Uh, most Baptist churches, you know, they want to take it from you. Well, we want to give it to you, okay? And in the back, on the left-hand side, on, the, on your mission table back there, you'll find some prayer cards. Uh, I hope you'll take one of those, or two, or three, or however many. And uh, unfortunately, we had the prayer cards made uh, in 2010. Two months after we had them made, the earthquake hit and we lost the house. Uh, that was not our home, by the way. Uh, that was a presidential home. And... Uh, but uh, we haven't gotten any new cards made uh, since then, so we need to do that. Uh, and I appreciate uh, Brother Steve giving me another 20 to 30 years. David? Uh, the only problem is uh, he won't have nobody to visit because I believe the rapture is going to take place before then. Amen? Uh, matter of fact, I entertained the thought when I got to the States of buying a trampoline so I could practice. Amen? <laughs> Uh, I thought that'd be a pretty good idea. So, uh, anyway, uh, I know most of you think that's my daughter, but it's not. That's my wife, uh, my wife Joyce. Uh, we, uh, we celebrated uh, 57 years so far, and uh, if she will behave herself until July, uh, it'll be 58. Amen? So, uh, you pray that she makes the grade, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, what happened, uh, I passed by the uh, casket, not casket, uh, what do you call that thing that you put a baby in? Uh, hmm? Basinette, crib. I passed by the crib. There you go, passed by the crib. And she was there, and I asked her if she would marry me, and she said, goo, 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 goo. And I thought that meant yes. And so uh, after that, uh, when it was lawful to do so, uh, we, uh, we became well acquainted for five years, and then, uh, then we got married. Uh, July 21st, about 2.18 in the afternoon, uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and, uh, that was, uh, 1962, and, uh, We've been married ever since. Eh? <laughs> now, people, people asked me, said, uh, well, well, 
how, how did you make it so long? Well, one thing we agreed on was if anything was broke, we didn't throw it away, we fixed it. And so uh, she has been a fantastic fixer-upper because I... <laughs> you're in church. And uh, so uh, I have, I've, I've broken a lot of the pieces, but uh, uh, I got a wonderful constructionist. She knew how to put it all back together. And uh, the Lord has blessed. And uh, uh, I can tell you this for sure. Uh, ever since July 21... 1962, when we got married, it has been nothing but a bouquet of roses. Uh, and I lie not. I lie. Of course, you and I know there's more thorns than, boop, you know, on, on the book. But anyway, uh, it has been, uh, I appreciate her putting up with me. The Lord has blessed her. Uh, she gave us six young'uns. We have uh, two boys, four girls. And we have uh, nine grand youngins, and we now have ten great grand youngins, and uh, that's as far as it goes. We don't have any great greats yet. Amen. Uh, we're, we're working on it. Hmm? Yeah, great grand. We don't have no. We don't have that other level. <laughs> we hadn't got there yet. Amen. Uh, and uh, we want to. Uh, we want to uh, show you this PowerPoint program uh, to let you know uh, how we got to it. We, we really made a mistake. We really made a mistake. We went to Haiti in 1977 uh, to visit a missionary. So don't go visit a missionary. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, while there, uh, the Lord gave me a verse of Scripture. Uh, there it is right there. I did not know what it was. I had finished preaching downtown Cape Haitian, which is the second largest city in the Republic of Haiti, and walking back to the missionary's house, uh, I saw an Esso sign blowing in the wind. And uh, the Lord kind of spoke to my heart with some fragmented scripture because I didn't know it all. I got back to the missionary's house. And I said, Brother Grover, I need to borrow your, uh, your concordance. And I began looking up the fragments that I had recalled from the incident. And that was the verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 34, that God used to call me to Haiti. And uh, we finished with the missionary that week. He carried us back to uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And uh, by that time, I became very fluent uh, in Creole, I could say bonjour, and I could say bonsoir. That's it. And uh, uh, we missed the plane. Uh, the, the, uh, the plane that carried us was a plane called Aero Condor uh, out of Miami. Some of you may remember that. Okay, bro. Uh, we could fly $99 round trip to Haiti. And uh, so we took our flight. Well... Uh, the flight cost $99, but they oversold the flight by 99 seats. <laughs> and uh, so we got left behind, and uh, the next day they put us on another flight, 
And as we got into the uh, pathway over the city of Port-au-Prince, uh, I looked over there at my wife, and uh, she had tears in her eyes. And uh, I said, honey, uh, what do you think? And she said, it doesn't make any difference what I think. God's already showed me what you're going to do. But if you believe that's God's will for us, I'm willing to go. Now I'm going to tell you, there's not a whole lot of stuff in the world that's any sweeter than a wife who will take six children to the voodoo capital of the world, right. not knowing what tomorrow will hold. Right. Uh, and uh, she found her place on the wall, uh, and uh, it has just been absolutely uh, fantastic. And uh, so God has accomplished a lot for us. We have a lot of stories we could tell but most people wouldn't believe them. I probably wouldn't believe them if I wrote them, so no, no, no writing of a book or nothing. We just leave all that alone. Uh, let's see, I got to... So we're going to uh, run through this thing. What I would like to do is uh, run through this presentation real quick. Uh, one thing I have not conquered yet, I've not mastered, is being a mind reader. Uh, so there's probably some things as we go through the presentation you would like answers to. We want to take time to answer your questions. Uh, and so we'll get this thing underway uh, and we'll see. Uh, this is our mission board. Scripture says, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to all nations. And we just believe Haiti was part of that nation. And so God called us uh, into Haiti. And uh, Dr. Homer Smith was the founder of our mission. He graduated in 2010, Word for the World Baptist Ministries. We are unapologetic. We accept the AV 1611 King James as the Word of God. Uh, started in 1980 uh, in a little church called South St. Elmo Baptist Church uh, right outside of Chattanooga. Uh, Brother Homer was a missionary to missionaries in the truest sense of the word, and he graduated on to glory February 6, 2010. Uh, word for the World Baptist Missions offices are located in at uh, 1981 Lafayette Road, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. That's the main road that leads into Chattanooga in case you get lost. Amen. Uh, we now uh, have over 66 missionary families with our board. Uh, we have several families on deputation. We now have three new families that will present themselves uh, as new candidates in June. So uh, our mission board continues to grow. We're thankful for that. It is a faith-based mission, does not withhold any money at all from the missionary support. Whatever somebody gives, the missionary gets 100% of it. They take out nothing for the operation of the mission. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we're kind of selective on our missionaries. We're not really concerned about quantity. We're more concerned about quality. 
Uh, and so uh, if there's somebody here and you believe God's called you to missions and you're looking for a mission that's uh, more interested in the missionary than the mission itself, then we might be your answer. Amen? Uh, Haiti, uh, Lapila. Lapila means there and a little further. And so that's where we're at. We are there and a little further. Uh, as I heard one missionary say, uh, we do not live in the end of the world, but you can see it out the back door. Amen. Uh, Haiti is situated in the Caribbean. Uh, it makes up one-third of the island of Hispaniola. And uh, we now have a population uh, of a little over 11 million. When we first went to Haiti, there was three and a half million people in Haiti. And uh, I don't know, something happened to the water or something. I don't know. Anyway, capitals Port-au-Prince, government type. We're not really sure on all that. Uh, ethnic group, Africa, uh, descends 95% religion. Roman Catholicism is 80. Voodoo is about 95%. Right. You see, in Haiti, you cannot tell where Roman Catholicism ends and voodoo begins because they intermingle with themselves. Uh, Catholicism is really dressed up in America, to where you can't really tell what it is. Uh, but when you come to Haiti and see what's going on, we have a we have a, a, a uh, international witch doctors conference every July 23rd, 24th, 25th in Haiti. Little village called Plain de Nord, right outside of Cape Haitian. Uh, little village runs about 3,000 people in population. During the Voodoo Conference, they will well exceed 10,000 people. They buy their candles from the Catholic Church to go to the Voodoo Baptism Hall to worship the Voodoo Saints. Those that are the hierarchy of Voodoo, they're housed inside the Catholic Church. So, uh, adult literacy rate is 35. By the way, we have two languages. Uh, Creole, which is a language they developed among themselves to overthrow uh, the, uh, the French enslavement. And it's made up of several different languages like uh, uh, English, French, Spanish, African, all intermingled together. Well, when they won their independence in 1804, they chose not to go back to the pure African language. They kept the Creole language and the French language is the language of the elite and the governmental language. Uh, and it gives you about the birth rate and so forth. Uh, unemployment, 70%. Uh, want to take you for a trip now down through the interior of the country. And a lot of people talk about my Ford. Some people say it's found on road dead. Some, some shoes I wear. But it is flying on rapture day, amen. This is Cape Haitian Haiti. This is where we lived. You'll notice the largest building is the Catholic Church. In every city you go to, every town in Haiti, 
the largest building will always be the Catholic Church. And uh, there's uh, meat being delivered, uh, our shopping malls, uh, our electric poles, and our fishing pond. Uh, local gas in the gallon bottles, you hope that it hasn't been watered down too much. Uh, these are some of the young'uns that uh, Joyce had in the clinic. And the money, like you just got, if you'll notice that piece of money's got 50 written on it. All the money in Haiti, you can always tell how much it is by dividing it by, fifth, by five. So that second cent team that you have, divide it by five, and it tells you you have a 10 cent piece. Yes, sir. Did I not? Oh. Okay, back to the money. Thank you, sir. Okay, we're back to the money. So all the money, you can divide it by five, and it will tell you uh, how much money you got. And this is our, I hope we don't have electrical inspector in here, no? Uh, uh, and uh, waterfalls are nice uh, when the rains come. And uh, this is a typical housing, uh, has a grass thatched roof. Uh, the majority of houses in Haiti uh, have a dirt floor. And uh, uh, that's where we thought we might live, but the Lord blessed and we didn't have to do that. I think my wife was happy about that. Uh, that is not a watermelon over there. That is a gourd. And uh, those are cashew apples up there on top. They are some kind of good. And uh, that is cassava bread. They take a poisonous root and they uh, grate it and then they put it in a burlap sack under pressure. They've got a vice that they squeeze all the juice out of it and then they lay it out in the sun to dry and then they'll take it and put it on a, it's about a three foot round uh, steel plate over a charcoal fire. They'll cook one side and he's got two sticks and he'll take that, those two sticks and put under that and he'll flip it and cook the other side. Then he'll fold it in half and lay it aside. Uh, my wife says it tastes like styrofoam, uh, but, uh, but I, I mean, it, it really is good. And anywhere there's a drop of water in Haiti is a laundromat. And uh, this guy makes snow cones. You have no idea where the water came from to make the syrup. So you buy one of them. Uh, you probably want to make sure you have an abundance of Charmin close by. Uh, that's our roads. And uh, on the top left, whoop, let me back up there. Top left, that's a bridge. Uh, we had a, a drunk driver come through at night, and he hit that bridge and broke it loose. And uh, they finally had to replace it. That's, that is my truck that I used to have. Uh, uh, that's a sad note. Two weeks before we come to the States, uh, the mechanic 
call me from Port-au-Prince and said, do not put another nickel in that truck. He said, the motor's gone, the body's gone, the frame has been broken and welded together so many times, forget it. He said, it is officially dead. So I'm without my truck. And in Haiti, this is our interstate, and we either have six inches of water or we have six inches of dust. Sometimes you think you can cross, <laughs> but you really can't. And, uh, let's see, back up there. Yeah, there is the contrast between the county country life and the city life. The citadel built in 1820 by Henry Christoph, who was the king of North Haiti. Uh, there was inside, does this thing have a? No pointer? Oh, okay, okay. If you see those little holes in the front of that citadel, those are cannon holes. They had cannons in there, and the only time they was fired was practice to make sure that they would shoot out into the bay. Uh, the, uh, the French government sent uh, a group of uh, officers over to tell uh, Henry Christoph that if they did not surrender Haiti, they would going to come back and totally level Haiti. The story is that Henry Christoph immediately called 200 soldiers to attention and lined them up right on the top of that peak you see there, gave them the order to march, and they marched without questioning their leader. They marched knowing it was to their death. Those military men went back to France and told Napoleon what happened, and he said, any army that discipline will never fall, and they never did attack Haiti again. I thought about that. If those that are in the army of Almighty God would not question His word, just be obedient to it, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish for God's glory. And there is the future of Haiti. Somewhere in there may be the next president for Haiti. And this, this is our dwelling. This is where, this is where, whoa, back up. I'm pushing too quick here. Hold on. Okay. Uh, the big building in the back, the big building in the back, uh, that is uh, the main house and also the dorm. And then the long building as you see back in the back under the tree, uh, that's the apartment. Uh, that's where the girls stayed uh, when your pastor came down. And the horizontal building, that is my garage and depot. And then there in the front... Uh, is the two uh, 
two clinic buildings. One of them is, that one is a triage building. The other one over there uh, is the clinic building. And out there where you see nothing, (laughs) that's where we now have the Bible school and a library. So that's our solar panels and our water heater and the house of necessity. And one there to the left, that's the showers. That, we had, we had somebody send us a, a 55-gallon drum of ramen noodles. You know, is it ramen noodles, Roman noodles, whatever? And, and the rats ate the plug out of the drum and destroyed the noodles. And uh, there's some little... Cri- and and that listen, tarantulas is another thing. They don't hurt you; they just make you hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my wife's uh, clinic. And uh, a doctor in South Carolina gave her that examination table, and we get our medicine from folks just like you that takes up a, a collection of medicines. Uh, maybe you go to the doctor to visit the doctor, tell the doctor you have a, a missionary uh, doing medical work in Haiti, and uh, if he's got any medicines that's getting ready to go out of date in his sample box, uh, many times they may give them to you, and then you can take them and consolidate them and put them in a box and send them to my wife. And... Uh, these are uh, burn kids that got burned. Uh, I knew they hurt, uh, but in uh, 20, I guess it must have been 20, what, 15, 14, somewhere thereabout, I was in a fire and got burned from head to toe, and I know now how they feel, and I just hurt every time I, I see one of them come to the clinic because I know what it feels like. There's the one that lost their finger. She, she will take off a finger. Uh, she will take off toes. She, she, she. Sometimes I think maybe if she doesn't see blood, she'll make it. You know, so you got to pray for her. Uh, this girl had, had a, uh, 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 a uh, aerosol can explode on her. Uh, this is a guy that had a voodoo curse put on his ankle. Uh, and we thought that he would surely lose his ankle, but God showed up, and he still has his foot. There's the toe. He was working in his garden, and our our hose in, in Haiti, they weigh about 10 pounds, and he missed the ground and hit his toe with that hose. And uh, there is a pastor on the right, his, his, uh, his uh, uh, sister, one in the green. She's a doctor, and uh, they came down to do medical work. And so they're there getting all the medicines ready to go out uh, the next day. And there they are in a, in a clinic out at a church we was building. There's a church there, bought us some Bibles. 
And this is back to one of the uh, outstation clinics. And they sit there and wait all day to get seen. There's one that got burned and did not get attention on the arm. And there is a, a PA on the right and a, what was he called? Uh, huh? Yeah, but he wasn't a gynecologist. He was a, he was a man doctor. Whatever they call them guys. Urologist. He was a urologist. Yeah, and, uh, from uh, Middle Tennessee. There's a dentist, and you'll see the, his lighting system. And his uh, dental chair consists of two cement blocks, two two-by-fours, and a bodyboard. And uh, that's what we use to pull teeth. And here's baptismal service. Uh, well drilling. When we first went to Haiti, we drilled wells to give the people fresh water to get an opportunity to give them the, the word of life. There's our flight service that you will be arriving on when you come to visit us. Now, one amen would have been in order. <laughs> and uh, we get our supplies, and uh, they bring them in. Uh, the first Tuesday of every month, they fly cargo in. Now, there's a river where my wife uh, got washed downstream. Uh, I had had back surgery. Uh, and uh, could not go to Cape Haitian. We used to have to go all the way down to Cape Haitian. Uh, 40 miles, took four hours, four hours and 20 minutes to get there. And uh, we'd have to go down there, meet the plane, get our mail, buy our supplies for the week, and then come back up. Well, her and the Haitian driver uh, went down to uh, Cape Haitian, uh, when they got in the middle of the river, there was a flash flood that hit the truck and washed my wife downstream. And the Haitian people on the other side saw that my wife was still in the truck. Uh, my wife can't swim a lick. Uh, I'm good at two, but she can't do none. And uh, they risked their life and jumped in there uh, in that raging water and pull my wife to safety. And, uh, there is a, this was uh, coming out of Port-au-Prince. This one, we didn't even have the planes coming to Cape Haitian. We had to get on a bus in Port-au-Prince and ride, uh, in, in Cape Haitian, and ride to Port-au-Prince, get off, then go over to the airport, meet it, get our mail, our cargo, come back over and then get in the thing and come back north. Well, uh, we was on our way back north at 72 miles an hour. Haitians drive funny. You know, it's got a white line. And the white line is not for your wheel to be on the left side of that line. But Haitians drive that way. 
they don't, they will not move. You, you talk about playing chicken, uh, that is it. And we hit head on, headlight to headlight with another bus. Like I say, we were doing 72 miles an hour. I don't know how much he was doing. We had 18 people that died in that wreck. Uh, a church in uh, Jacksonville, Florida had sent us a note that they were sending three boxes of medical supplies for her to use in the clinic. Nobody knew when I went to Port-au-Prince to get those supplies that they would be used that very day. And uh, I was there for the majority of the day trying to help people uh, that was wounded. Many of them had lost uh, uh, their, uh, their limbs. Uh, it, it was a pretty bad wreck. Uh, and I made, a, I made an agreement with, uh, with God that day. I said, unless... I hear the audible voice of God telling me to get on one. I will never get on another bus. So far, I have never heard one, and I've never got on another one. Uh, this is one of the cemeteries right outside the town of Peel. Uh, people will spend their livelihood to, to build a, a place to bury the dead. And uh, their cement block, uh, that's how we build our churches. They make cement block. And they're like snowflakes. There's no two alike. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea. I have no idea why they have levels. No idea at all. Uh, here we are making trusses, and then we put them in a truck, and we haul them out to the work site, and then we, uh, we put the trusses up, and then we put the metal roof on them. Uh, of course, sometimes, you know, this is, you know, <laughs> you, know, you know, you have to do what you have to do, amen? <laughs> and there we are putting the metal on And building the pews, we put 30 pews in uh, every church that will give them the capacity to seat about uh, 200 people. And that's how we do the cement floor. We, we do one-third of it on one side, one on the other side, and then in the middle. And there's a pastor and his deacon brought me a goat to say thank you for the church. And uh, for some reason, that goat didn't last long. <laughs> he got on the table in a hurry, brother. And there we are with the layout for the uh, Bible school. And there is a, another picture of the compound where you can see the Bible. There is my cistern. I had, a, I had a big problem for water. Uh, when we had team members, uh, we have to shower. Brother Steve can confirm this. Uh, we had to shower military style. Uh, you get wet, turn it off, soap down. Uh, 
uh, turn the water on, rinse off quickly and turn it off. Uh, that's when three or four people can take a shower in five gallons of water. And uh, so now we, we, occasionally we would run out of water and we would have to buy it and the ladies would bring water on their head in five-gallon buckets to try to catch up to the need. Now we have this one, Brother Steve, 78,000 gallons. Uh, so uh, uh, now the, 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 uh, the ladies were restricted. They could only wash their hair one day a week. That was the day that they was getting ready to go back home. Uh, now my wife has compromised, and she'll let you wash your hair three days a week maybe. And just seemed like when we was putting the last rafter on, let me back up there, uh, just uh, seemed like that God put that rainbow on there to say he approved of what that building was going to be used for. And uh, when the guys got off, uh, we almost had a Bapticostal fit right there. No, we don't have a pump. We don't have it. Strictly, strictly run off of the roof. That's all we have. Uh, we have tried to drill a well four or five times, and we had some experts come over. Uh, I forgot what you call them, guys. Uh, but they said for us to find water, we would probably have to drive, uh, drill in excess of 500 feet to get water. At $35 a foot, we chose we'll just continue to catch rainwater. So that's what we do. And there's the Bible school. We had, we had all of that soffit blow off when the tornado went through a few weeks ago. And uh, uh, we, you remember Wisner? You remember Wisner? One had difficulty talking? Okay. Wisner went everywhere and he found every missing piece of soffit and piled it up and I was able to put every bit of the soffit back. And there is an aerial view a little bit better. John 17, 17. Uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ was praying in the garden, and he said, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. And the second verse in our uh, scripture for the Bible school is Proverbs 23, 23. The scripture says, by the truth, and sell it not. And we do not charge anybody, anything, to come to the Bible school. If they want to know the Word of God, they are free to come. They do not have to buy a pencil. They do not have to buy a notebook. They do not have to buy anything except gas for their motorcycle, if they come by motorcycle or however. But there is no tuition and we've got other Bible schools that's highly upset with us because we do not charge, but I just believe that we should buy the truth and sell it not. Amen? And there's some of the, the one there in the yellow shirt, uh, 
he bought a motorcycle. Uh, he, he, uh, I don't know where he got the money, but he got money to buy a motorcycle, but didn't have enough money to buy a helmet. Had an accident on the bridge, and his head hit the side rail of the bridge, and he died. So, and there we are in the Bible school. These are pastors that have come in for the Bible seminar. And there's one of our graduates with his diploma. That was our first graduating class in the uh, new school building. And this was in one of our new candidate schools over in uh, Rossville, Georgia. The value of one. The value of one. Uh, there is no price tag that you can put on one that will totally surrender to serve God. And so that's the trip through Haiti. Hope you enjoy the trip. Amen. <laughs> and we would say to you, maybe, awaken to righteousness and sin not, for some have not this knowledge of God. Will God speak that to your shame? Amen. And uh, that's the end of the presentation, and I'm already over, and I'm surprised that floor didn't open up, Brother Steve. What a blessing. Uh, so I will, I, I will still, if he doesn't throw me out, uh, I'll, I'll let you ask any questions that you want to ask, and we'll try to answer it. So if there's any questions, we'll take it. Any other questions? The inflation in Haiti is terrible, brother. Uh, a year ago, uh, the exchange rate against the U.S. dollar was 63 goods. That would be uh, two of those pieces that you got in your hand. Uh, for every dollar, it was worth 63 pairs of those. And then about four months ago, the bottom fell out on the Haitian currency, and it is now 93 to 1. That's good for the missionary, oh, yeah. but that is devastating to my people. Rice that was 50 cents a cup uh, is now like $10 a cup. Uh, it's, uh, when we first went to Haiti, you could get an entire cup of rice uh, for about 20 cents, and then it kept going up, 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 and uh, when they overthrew the president, uh, Jean-Claude Duvalier, baby doc, in uh, 1968, uh, the rice went to like $3 a cup, and, and you know, that it's just like in the United States of America, when they give you a flimsy excuse for raising the price, when that flimsy excuse is over, they don't bring the price back down. And uh, 
So the price kept, kept going up, and now it's about $10 better uh, for uh, one cup uh, of rice. We did a, uh, we did a program for the, uh, for the widows uh, in our area. Uh, we have 28 widows living in our area, and uh, it took us uh, uh, $600 U.S. to feed 28 widows for about three weeks. Uh, when we finished buying the food, got it transported, got the vessels to put it in, uh, we had $20 Haitian left over. So uh, they really uh, they really suffer. They really do. Okay. Uh, if you're done, I'm done. Amen? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I really appreciate the pastor letting me come. I, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, your hospitality has been fantastic. Uh, I rejoice over the blessings that God has given you uh, with the building. Uh, I look forward to God filling it up and uh, to where you have to enlarge and find a bigger place to meet. And uh, so the invitation is open to you. Come see us when you will. We'll leave a light on for you if we have electricity. Amen. I know there's a lot of things too that that uh, just didn't have time to tell you, but it is it it is a it's it's not an easy thing. So the 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 thing about the how many seventy eight thousand gallons? Or what do you say? How many did you say that was seventy eight thousand gallons? Is a big deal because if you're collecting rainwater and you only have a, a certain time of year when you really get rain in Haiti, the rest of the year is you know it's dry. So if you don't if it doesn't rain good and hard for those three four weeks that they're collecting water. That's when they struggle to try to get water for the rest of the time. And you're not, you know, exactly like you said. And, and actually, those showers are outside, too. You know, I mean, the sky above you, you know, you're taking a shower out there, which is, it's not, it doesn't get cold there very much. So, you know, it's not a, but you know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, we get so, we get so spoiled with the way that we live here and things that we take for granted that, that just, they, they don't have over there, you know, and, um. It just—I mean—you could go on and on with the different stories of things that they do differently there that you know they've been doing for years now, but uh, it's just completely different. And uh, and uh, you know <clears throat> they do it for to be able to reach people with the gospel that otherwise would not hear it. And so um, take a take one of those prayer cards and really pray for them. And um, hopefully, hopefully within a couple of years we'll be able to take a, a team down there and and. Uh, we, when we went down there, I know we did some work on a couple of the different buildings, but we built a lot of pews for, for one of the newer church buildings. And, you know, all those benches are, you know, easy to, easy to build. And so I don't remember how many we, we got built, but we were able to do a decent amount in the, in the time that we were there. So, um, and then the Bible school was not there when we were there. So that's, it'll be interesting to see that if we're able to get back down there and, and uh, just really enjoyed, enjoyed being there and, and seeing the, but, but the roads, the picture that he showed you of the roads is exactly how everything is. And nothing's marked. Maybe it is now, but no, nothing was marked. We're driving through the middle of these fields and everything else, and all of a sudden we come into this little town. I'm like, how do you even know that this was here to, to find it, you know, uh, let alone find your way back the second time to, to go in there and, and see it. But you pull up there, and there's a church building, and 
you know, you have a service there and they fill the building up and I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see how God works when you're willing to be used by God for those, for that purpose. So, um, what we'll do is, is we'll have an invitation, but I, what I'd like to do is just for everybody to pray for the ministry over there and, um, you know, kneel down if you can, um, and then just, just pray that God would use them to, to, to continue, you know, giving them good health and, and the opportunity. Uh, we, we worked in the clinic, I think two different days and, um, um, I let my certification go, but I was an EMT uh, for about five, six years, and I was an EMT during the time that I was over there. So I was, you know, pretty involved in doing medicine and that kind of stuff with the with the ambulance in Chesterfield. And so uh, it was actually a really good experience for me. I really enjoyed that while I was over there. And uh, but they, will you do that twice a week, or, or more? Three times a week, where they open up the clinic and just let anybody that wants to come, and and they take care of them, and of course they give them the gospel while they're there. So. It's a tremendous opportunity uh, to, for them to reach so many people, and they have, they have. So uh, you pray for their ministry over there. They have 28 churches, and then another one that you're trying to build, right? Number, is that number 29, or that's, that is number 28? That is number, that next will be 29. 29, so um, they can always use the help and everything else, too. And, and by the way, it's not that difficult to, because uh, we did it. We brought some uh, medical supplies over with us when we came uh, but you can ship them over there too. So if you can, or or if, or if you're able to do this, um, talk to your doctor, see what they have available, and and let them know what it's for, and we'll bring it here and put a box together and send it over there. And uh, yes. We do over the counter medications also, like children's vitamins and stuff. Yep. And aspirin and Costco. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. Okay. And you know that's that's not a bad idea. We need to we need to. I I probably won't forget, but in case I, in case it slips my mind, somebody remind me about that. Beginning of the year, we're going to put a box together and ship it over there. They're going back on January. Would it be easier to send it with you, or send it over? We can take it with us. Would that be easier? January second, right? Um, which is a couple weeks. Um, so you can bring it with you in February. Okay. <laughs> Brother John was already coming, so I'll just send it with him. <laughs> but we'll do that. We'll, we'll get a box together and, and send a, a box or two over there that will be helpful. Yeah, and um, I know how much you can use it, and it's it's great to see that thing stocked up when it is. And and so, all right. Um, well, you want you come on up to the piano, and then um, let's just let's just take a few minutes, and everybody pray for the the walls over there and their ministry. And look, you never know how God would call you. Maybe you know just because uh, just because uh, we've been set in our ways for a long time doesn't mean that God can't use us in in those ways too. So, uh, but especially in prayer. So let, let's let the piano play a couple of verses of the song. Let's let's kneel down and pray for them.